Hello, and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Katya Gorecki. Hey, Katya, how's it going? I'm not sure how to respond to that question anymore. Yeah. Well, that's kind of that's kind of the theme of this week's episode. <laughs> you know, it's a, it, I mean, it's in positive news. I'm currently wearing a cozy robe that has bear ears on it. So oh, that's neat. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that's that getting me through fun. the thing. I mean, it's very cozy. <laughs> well, and 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 you and I are the only two co-hosts who showed up this week because there was a combination of people being busy and also people being like, I don't have the mental energy for the news. Honestly, just, same. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We want to, you know, <laughs> want to catch up on the world around us. The world around us can be kind of bleak right now. So what we're going to try to do just for the listeners, we're going to touch on some of the bigger news stories of which if you listen to this show, you are already aware of these stories. And we have a relatively firm idea of where you probably fall on them. So we're going to have like our take on those things, but we're also going to sort of move into our takes on life and the purpose of culture and news and how there's a lot going on. So we're going to try to be entertaining and we're going to try to get through the bleak stuff as quickly as possible, but we're not focusing on the bleakness so much as the culture behind it. And then we're just going to wrap things up with some quick fun stories, you know, some palate cleansers, if you will. Is that great? Sure. <laughs> but also, like, if you're having a day and want a more upbeat podcast, maybe put come back in this episode later. Yeah, there are 221 other episodes of Vox Popcast. Probably a good 200 of them are uplifting. So it's Mainly boring. sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we talked about Stranger Things last week. It was delightful. So anyway, rejoining the show, we have two guests to talk with us. My wife, Stephanie, is here. Hey, Steph. Hey, you. Hey, you. I forgot <laughs> your name, dude. I didn't forget his name. I don't know. I was being casual, I guess. I, I'm not I, sure I don't she's know. ever known my know name. I don't know what comes up. My brain is not connected to my mouth anymore, I swear. Well, that's kind of the point okay. of today's episode. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of people being tired. And speaking of, I believe it might have been your first time on the show, Kingdom. You were on, yeah. so uh, Kingdom James is returning to the show. Kingdom, yeah. you were on the fabled Your Black Friend is Tired episode, which yeah. uh, <laughs> which I think there's going to be a lot more of we're tired here today. Welcome back. Yeah. Kingdom. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> but, <laughs> Whatever your name oh. is. <laughs> you over there, the disembodied voice on the other yeah. end of the line. Marriage is going great, guys. It's going great. <laughs> I love you, Steph. She doesn't remember your name. She can't write it on divorce papers. So this is true. That's a good point. Well, I mean, stress leads to memory problems. So unprecedented stress, unprecedented memory problems. I was like using the general you to everybody out there. Okay. Sure you (laughs) were. So stop it. Uh, Thanks for joining us, guys. So at the top of the show, you know, Katya basically did the same thing that Hannah's done the last three weeks of the show going, eh, you know, hi, the world's on fire. We're here. We're here. Yeah, maybe donate to an abortion fund, which, by the way, will once again be linked in the show notes. We've been doing that every week. So it's a thing you can do to make the world better. But we haven't really done a show on... God, wow. It's so weird to be like, you know, a few weeks ago at this point, a few weeks ago, the United States of America overturned a 49 year constitutional right to abortion. 
for some reason. <laughs> and and the, the short version that I think we could all accept is because they could. And then depending on your particular thought feelings and willingness to buy into things and sometimes feel like it'd be the theories that might not be, you know, the exact why. Could be any yeah. number of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, in parentheses, you have to recognize that abortion has been banned for some people absolutely. who people who struck down this law and anybody at their income level, anybody, any yes. of their cronies are still going to be able to get up and go wherever they need to or bring somebody to them whenever they need to, to yes. dismiss an unfortunate mistake that they've made with a mistress. Yeah. Which has always intern, been true. You know, right. and, and here's my grand theory. All you're doing is, is keeping the people whose labor you need cheap down. You're just finding right. another way to, to make the 99% indentured to your 1%. Especially given the like abortion I mean setting aside which is a huge fucking aside the fact mm -hmm. that abortion is medical care like it is also part of family planning and yeah. one of the preventatives we have of people who are currently not in poverty falling into poverty because children especially unplanned children but children in general are expensive mm -hmm. especially in you know high late capitalism yeah. um, and also we should point out these laws that got enacted is they're sloppy and written by people who don't understand science because everyone who understands science was on the pro-choice side so mm. now you end up with a patchwork of laws that have just made you know in general being a woman possibly very dangerous and just by dangerous I mean deadly too. like i actually yeah. one of the things that i've been talking about with people is like so i had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis as a kid mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i took a variety of medications i'm been in remission since i was in my early 20s very lucky because then it can be a for some people debilitating crippling disease i found out which i didn't know one of the medications i took that was the most effective and lowest risk medication is also used as an abortive care right. medicine. So it is used to induce abortion in some cases. And so I found out about this because the doctor was doing a like actual medical provider in an arthritis clinic was talking about this. And they said that they are now no longer able to administer it for any reason in their state. And so like, we have like one of those things that like, and had yeah. I not had access to as a child, like I was a seven and eight year old, I probably would have, I would probably, it is likely that I would have arthritis still it probably would have spread and like i said like i had it in two joints if it spreads to right. many joints like it's an autoimmune disease it's just bad snakes right so general like everything is fucked up about that and again i think anybody who's listening to our show feels that way certainly everybody on the show feels that way stuff's just shaking her head here <laughs> like, yeah, like just i'm just angry <laughs> yeah and well so i wanted to talk about not so much about you know do we think this is a good idea obviously we don't it's pretty obvious if you've been listening to our show for 222 episodes here you knew that's where we would fall and and probably you're the kind of person who has enough shows that talk about why this is bad. I wanted to talk a little bit about the theory of what you can do about it that has been going on and some things in particular for me, which have been annoying me as they are not effective. One thing that I promised to do when we started this show a long time ago, and it doesn't come up as much as you might think it does, is I, I said that I wanted to be clear that this is a show about cultural studies, not a show about 
being liberal, even though I am obviously very liberal, as are actually all five posts of the show. Just that's the way it is. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. There's a strong correlation, I think, between people in cultural studies who are trained as Marxists, which is different from being Marxist politics. But there is a heavy correlation of people being more on the liberal to lefty. Right, right. Not to say that's um, universal, but that said, there are a lot of things that happen in popular media, and by popular media here, I'm really talking about television. I'm more talking about social media in general. So Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, your TikTok, those worlds of people saying shit that comes down to a term that like you know, you know, there's people are going to get mad. There's a lot of what is effectively virtue signaling. Now, every time I say the word virtue signaling, I have, you know, leftist friends who are like, oh, that's not a thing. That's not a blah, blah, blah. You know, that's just something that the right says about us that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why are you using it? I'm like, no, it is a thing. The right stole that word from something that has been in cultural studies literature for decades now. I'm saying it because I'm a cultural theorist. Like, it's my job. So if I'm saying that virtue signaling is going on, I am talking about the very act of making a performative display of your politics that isn't so much about doing anything to affect change. It's about telling the world that you're on the right side, which is not necessarily even bad. Virtue signaling, right, by I'm the way, is like isn't virtue bad. signaling has in popular culture has like a bad rap of like, oh, it's performative yeah. bullshit, which like it's performative pretending, it bullshit. Like, not necessarily. Well, <laughs> yeah. like, that's the thing. It's like if you are pretending that that performative thing. So like, let's say like you post some kind of like solidarity thing on, yes. on social media, which is happening. You, all the you, you've made your icon a rainbow for pride month for instance right it's like that's positive in the sense it's like it's not a political action in the sense that it's not going to like lead to a legislative victory it's not going to put people in office it's not going to like you know do xyz it's not going to help people who you know are negatively impacted by whatever you're promoting or or like Mm -hmm. showing your support for on the other hand which we've talked about in many episodes it's like that is also kind of like the stuff of culture a lot of what culture is like community signaling what isn't acceptable yes i think actually one of the things that is very alarming about Roe v. Wade, especially for people like me who live in states that like, I won't say are completely unimpacted because it's this federal level stuff. It impacts everybody, but like it's going to impact Oregon and states like it far less and much differently, especially in the immediate moments. But I think it's equally important because I think a lot of what people are scared about, you know, regardless of where you are, but especially places like mine, it's basically like a bunch of people may have just felt like, oh, a bunch of things are permissible now culturally that aren't of like, oh, okay, misogyny and like patriarchy and all like really awful stuff that like people who tend to be anti-choice also believe Mm -hmm. like that's now okay and i think that's what like a lot of the grieving is not just the loss of abortion rights it's also the fear that like a bunch of potentially really bad and scary people were told that the bad and scary things that they believe in want to do to other people are fine and they were told that I mean, that's the, right. so it, like it, that is in one. My lesson for today is that I want people to get from the show. I'm going to before we resolve nothing at the end, I'm going to tell you what the moral of the show today is of right now. The moral of the show today is it's OK to be scared about shit. Some scary shit just happened and scary shit continues to happen. And I think as Americans and Kingdom's not an American, we're going to get to that in like literally in a second. Watch but, but, but as Americans, <laughs> as Westerners, actually, I'm going to I'm going to include Canadians here as Westerners, but especially as Americans, there is a tendency to want to make things. What can we do to solve this problem immediately and make things better and get back to the way things were? And the answer is right now you can't. And it's scary. And yeah. so we're going to talk about some scary shit. 
because being scared is the rational response here. When I say that I'm talking about things that are effectively virtue signaling, I'm not saying don't virtue signal. That's actually good. You said it's the foundation of culture. Yeah, it's why we wave American flags. It's why some people wave Confederate flags or Nazi flags or pride flags or whatever. You know, those are all virtue signaling moves. And some of them are good. Some of them are bad, depending on what the virtue is that one is signaling. And I'm going to say that I have like, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, you know, Nazis bad, pride good. You do have <laughs> like, a general tagline on the show of eugenics bad. So inherently. Yeah, yeah, so, like, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say that. But like, I just want to be clear here that we're not necessarily even saying don't do these things. Because one of the first virtue signaling things that I keep seeing do, people do, and it's on my list of, of things that I say, and here's where I'm going to bring it in. Here's my one of my favorite things. Well, things are gotten really bad. It's time to move to Canada. I see so many of this. Okay, so first off, I just want to point out the idea of just yeah. Well, yes, I was getting to that. First off, the idea of just moving to Canada. Saying that in the first place shows so much utter privilege and contempt for people who can't do it. Because if you think that you're just going to move to Canada in order to evade the bad things, then the bad things, including the abortion laws, gun laws, everything, all the bad stuff that's happening down here in the United States. If you think you can avoid this by moving to Canada, then those bad things aren't really affecting you. And I mean that for people who, you know, like whatever your unprivileged point of life is, like if you're female, if you're trans gender if you're black and these are very real problems but like if you have the capacity to just pick up and change to another country you are probably more or less okay in america now and, and Which it will suck. i would also say is likely <laughs> yeah. to be true for many people who are move, are talking about moving within the united states yes yeah, if you can move away from your problems, that's privilege. Which is not to say that, you know, people, I, you know, I don't judge at all people who are moving because they feel like it might be safer in places like, you know, Oregon, for example. Like, mm-hmm. we are likely to see an influx of people moving here. Yes. Like, don't progress them whatsoever. But yeah, that is a point of privilege. And it's like the fact that you have that, like, ability, many people don't. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's kind of like the part of, like, you know, I am a highly educated white lady. Like, and I live mm-hmm. in a state where, you know, it's largely democratic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, especially for the immediate, like, aftermath fine that said i booked a canadian on the show today and kingdom you just <laughs> said under your breath <laughs> about the we'd like to in order to, we, to avoid we, don't, these, we don't want you yeah <laughs> they're not, if i'm living in a house and my neighbors next door are shooting off guns and setting fire to their roof do i want them to come live in my house <laughs> I mean, there is the idea that, you know, if their kid knocks on your door and says, I can't take it, they're insane, you would take them in and you would shelter them. You would provide them shelter. But for the most part, for the most part, look, why don't you get your shit together over there? Canada is a sovereign nation. I don't want your... Yeah, I don't want the fire spreading from your roof to mine. A lot of people in this country, a lot of people who probably listen to this show, and again, I'm I bet you several of our listeners, and please, you know, leave us a five star review. But that's it. I'm, I'm betting several. Comments you're going to. Yeah, several of our listeners, I'm sure, have said, "That's it. I'm going to Canada," as though it's an ejector seat. First off, Canada has its own problems. I mean, uh, Kingdom, oh, you wouldn't say yeah. your country's perfect, right? Like, I, no, I think, as a matter of fact, just today, a friend said to me something about doug ford who is the premier of ontario yes which is for americans who don't know basically the governor and you know and i said look ontario just reelected doug ford with an even bigger majority than he got the first time 
and the mm-hmm. leaders of two other major parties resigned the day after the election. So mm-hmm. don't look to us for guidance. Right. And Doug Ford, and I think Americans tend to ignore other countries because, yeah, I mean, like Canada to a lot of Americans is this wonderful liberal socialist playground where, you know, where money grows on trees and, you know, abortions for everybody and healthcare for everybody. And Canada's got its own problems. Doug Ford is a conservative asshole moron. Is yeah, that is fair? That, is that Rob Ford? Yeah. Brother, yeah, that being the kind of political term, yes, yeah, and he is very much an asshole. Born a Ford family, they are you know an eight to nine figure family wealth, it's generational wealth. The sons, Doug and Rob, and whatever the other one's name is, the family made money in the printing business. Here's a perfect example of how you keep the wealth going. Doug, as premier, was all for lockdowns and restrictions at the beginning of the pandemic. One of the reasons was because his printing company were the ones making all those big stickers that you saw on the floor everywhere telling you to stay six feet apart. So, you know, he made money off of the pandemic without having to be a grifter Mm -hmm. so you know they're also you know the ford family are typical right-wing politicians in that they're going to sell off public utilities and sell off public land and they're currently trying ford ran on his re-election part of it was on building Highway 413, an unnecessary highway that he's proclaiming will improve people's lives, even though it will, A, cut through protected marshlands and destroy endangered species habitats. And it Isn't will it going also, through indigenous lands, too? In- I believe so. And it will also, will apparently, experts are saying that the amount of time it will cut your, the typical driver's commute is 30 seconds. So we're going to spend umpteen billion dollars building a road that will provide the difference between making that red light or not but hey listen you know it's like defense spending in the states we got these trillions of dollars and you know my friends like money so let's give my friends money for an eight hundred dollar hammer or a, you know a series of jets we don't need or military equipment that we don't need so we'll take the old military equipment and pass that down to local police for it's all pardon my language it's all a big fucking grift that just takes money out of your pocket and puts it into the pockets of somebody who doesn't need it another baby elon musk is getting your money and holding you down in the process the more they tax you the more you need to keep your shitty amazon fulfillment center job and (laughs) in a fucking gatorade bottle the more babies you unexpectedly have doug stanhope used to have a joke about every baby from birth to 18 years old when you boot them out of the house is a quarter million dollars so why not just think about it as hey baby you know the rent is due and uh, i might lose my job at the ford plant today would be a great day to buy a speedboat <laughs> think about so, that baby as a speedboat you know so was he, also is like, he elected in your was he elected by the people or is he like appointed Ford? like you do yeah. Ford? oh of course he was elected yeah. Of course he was elected. He wasn't elected by people in the cities. If you look at the electoral map for the last two provincial elections, one of which just took place literally a month ago, you'll see that like Toronto is a as a liberal bastion. It's all the Liberal Party and the uh, the New Democrats who are both left wing parties. 
so just for our listeners, Canada, the party system is different. There are different parties there are, and the government system is, is different, but they very much have a red state, blue state problem in the way it's said in American politics. That still yeah. exists up there. It's still, yeah. it, it is very similar. So it's not the utopia mecca that people down here think it is. Right. Yeah. But, well, but, from what I had a friend who, whose dad was from Canada and she always said that there are conservatives in Canada, but like the conservatives in Canada are nowhere near as bad as the conservatives in the United States. I don't know if that's still true. That was like a few years ago. It's getting that way. The federal conservative party, the CPC's conservative party of Canada are currently involved in a, a new leadership race. Their last leader was an incompetent boob and he wasn't redneck enough for him. So they booted him. And there are three major candidates for the current conservative leadership, except the party just disqualified the most moderate of them out of nowhere a couple of days ago, saying that there were campaign finance irregularities and yada. And it, it smells like a pile of bullshit. They're basically doing here what the Democrats did in 2015, 2016 in the States, where they have chosen their leader. And they're going to they're going to hobble anybody else, Bernie Sanders, who could lead them in an honest direction, but would take money out of their pockets. Please tell me if I'm wrong in thinking that the Democrats do nothing because in the states because they'd rather fundraise. Oh, you're skipping ahead several bullet points. We're going to get to that. Yes. But I think before we move on from this thing, I think it's also like the one of the things that I think, as Matt mentioned, like a lot of Americans, not all, but a lot, tend to ignore a lot of international news. Not to say that it is, is it as intense as it, in the, is it, as it is in the United States right now, but like, this has been happening all over the world yes. for a while. A lot of countries moving more and more to the right. Like, this has been happening. I talked to my friends in France, and they're alarmed about this. I talked to friends in the UK, and they're alarmed about this. Right. Like, Brexit. climate change is causing all this. That is a big part of it. That is, that is right. one, of, one of many problems. There's also cultural shift. There's cultural shift, which works like... This is a whole show, but cultural shift tends to work like a pendulum. So, oh, yeah. uh, so people overcorrect. Yeah. Yes. So there's people overcorrect, that's and then also mm-hmm. like you know we see it often happening. Not it's not a, an exact one to one, but like in countries where there's declining birth rates for a variety of reasons that have to do with finance uh, and and cultural change and climate change, and then also like women having more enfranchisement than they ever yeah. had in history. Yeah. Like all of that leads to a reactionary response, and I think that that like it, it may manifest in different ways in different countries depending on the context and depending on the form of government but like it's not just the united states mm-hmm. and i hate to be the like there's nowhere you can run but like wow. i know yeah what kingdom said at the very beginning you know we don't want you we got our own problems that's sort of a thing that i don't think americans understand in general it's like canada does not exist as your eject clause that's not what they are right they are a sovereign land trying to do their best as well also part of that is like a lot of americans particularly i think the ones that are like we're just gonna leave forget what our international reputation is right like we are not but katya we're leaders of the free world you know when the free world like voted to make us leaders that Uh, plays really poorly in in countries that are not the united states by the way like you know that you know that the, the old the meme that's the old bugs bunny cartoon that's been turned into a meme where he just takes a saw 
and he cuts through the Florida Georgia border and he sets <laughs> Florida adrift, which is like years ago. I had that dream about just slicing across the 49th parallel and moving Canada somewhere where like maybe we didn't have to, maybe I didn't have to grow up listening to the news from Buffalo every night. <laughs> oh God. That's a, you're, I, I would, I would like to be a, I would like to be a little further away from as much as I love the States. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not just away. you though. It's Americans too. It's me. It's like a lot of <laughs> yes. people with that ability to yeah. cut ourselves off from, from <laughs> right. other. Well, and that's kind of, so, so yes. And that's kind of drifting into our next thing. I think Americans in general, lots of people, but big thing about American culture is the belief that, well, what can I do to just fix this immediately? Something bad has happened. Now, frankly, for instance, with the Roe v. Wade issue, but lots of other issues, bad things have been happening for a long time. But mm -hmm. suddenly there was a watershed moment that threw it in everybody's face. And so now there's this sudden, you know, how do I fix this immediately? Right. right? Climate change happens and stuff. But I don't really like local politics. People would really like, you know, you, you kind of no, want to ignore you kind of want to ignore the NFL until Super Bowl time. You want to ignore the MLB until, you know, World Series time. And I think people like to ignore politics until presidential race. And but then they want to be upset when something like the overturning of Roe v. Wade happens. And I saw the reactions to this tend to be weird. And this one was something that just kept popping up in my feed from several people. I saw lots of memes in the days following Roe v. Wade till today of, you know, OK, this is it now. No more fooling around. Now it's time for the general strike. I kept seeing these. So I started paying attention. And these are friends of mine. These are very leftist friends of mine who are posting these memes, most of them by men who work in the software industry and who make a very good living, right? I'm the, uh, you know, like people okay. who people. Th so they're encouraging everyone to strike, basically yes. shut down the economy. Um, well, OK, so I don't think they know what a general strike is. And I don't think people in general know what a general strike is. No, it's I don't. Seems like a really good idea because it's just like a now we're really going to do it. But I think people have a vague, have different vague ideas. And Katya is going to be chomping at the bit at this. They don't understand yeah. the difference between a strike and a boycott. They don't understand how you organize a strike. They don't understand that strikes are not magic. They don't understand back. They don't understand like the work that takes up the things. They don't understand that Occupy Wall Street was a huge fucking failure because the actual now would did things happen sure so let's, but there's not actually, really think, understanding yeah go ahead yeah let's talk about what a general strike actually is so usually when we yes. talk about a strike you hear the term strike you usually think about it in terms of the labor movement so normally it's like our union strike so a union yes. strike is basically we should hold on we should make clear to people that a lot of katya's you've done a lot of work with labor unions. this is not just like you talking off your ass like there's yeah, it, it wasn't they, my it wasn't my research i was the co-chair of the duke graduate student union for almost two years so the first well, I was one of the two first elected co-chairs so yeah. I ran our grad union worked with a lot of people who a within our union themselves who are like guild organizers and then also work with a lot of skills skilled organizers around North Carolina and the southern region as has Anna one of our other co-hosts yes who was a part of the leadership group of that union as well so part of that is figuring out like history of labor movements and stuff like that because you know we learn more history to have how to do the thing but that's the thing is that like a lot of people I think are not super knowledgeable about what a general strike actually is so when most people hear the word strike they think 
talking about a union strike, which is effectively like what the public manifestation of that is a walkout of their workplace and like ceasing <laughs> all work. The people lead up, yeah, that's what I think. People yeah. with and that's what I think a lot of people think it's like a, they think of the picket line, like the, like mm-hmm. like the whole thing of like you don't talk a picket, you don't cross a picket. If you cross a picket line, you're scabbed, that kind of stuff. But I think what people may or may not be aware of is that there's a yeah, whole lot step. of work and organizing that goes into that kind of a strike to make yes. it effective. You don't just mm-hmm. walk out and then all of a sudden your boss is like, cool, we're going to hand you a 30% raise or whatever the hell it is. Like, oh, there is a lot of organizing. <laughs> also, like, often strikes are threatened and never actually done. Right. Like, most often. Most By often. Far, yeah, that's, most that's often. True. Yeah. Right. Because it's kind of like a nuclear option sort of thing, because you're not just hurting like in a a labor and I'm talking about labor strike because it's easier to talk about the variables. You're not just hurting the business. Right. When you do a strike, you are putting your workers at risk. So one of the things a union does like create a strike fund to make sure that people will be financially okay, you know, childcare, all that other stuff, because you're not going to be pulling a paycheck for the duration of that strike. And it's basically like the best analogy I have is like both in the lead up to threatening a strike to act actually doing a strike you're essentially playing chicken mm-hmm. with the business owner whoever it is you're striking to get now a general strike is basically take that on a massive scale so a general strike is we're not striking in the context of a union where by the way most union contracts have some kind of strike protection and even if it's not in your contract like the union you are a member of there's a lot of support that can come from there in a general strike it's not a union action unions might be involved but it's not a primarily union action because it's about a social issue or political issue like general mm-hmm. means everybody which means so the like legal protections and legal recourse aren't necessarily there for you so like the rosa parks bus boycott would be a general strike sort of it would be a general boycott okay, okay. so, this, okay. Is, okay. so this, yeah. this is where it gets really weird right so katya said like she would think of it as playing chicken i'd say that's the organizing right katya said right. something very important talking about it from an organizer perspective right. and the difference between a boycott and a strike is so a strike a general strike particularly a general strike is cessation of all economic activity right you're not going to work but you're also not spending money because you don't mm-hmm. have any too well <laughs> And you've also taken, I mean, this is, I think, the thing you're about to get to, Matt. You've also, because you have taken months, potentially years. Yes. Like organizing and coordinating resources for yourself and for your community so that you can basically hold out. Like, it's almost like you're under siege kind of thing. And so this is why, like, people randomly getting, and I understand why. And like, I, you know, there's lots of examples through history of like general strikes being effective. So I'm not going to say it wouldn't be effective in this case. But the thing is, it doesn't happen on a dime. It I wouldn't say there are lots of it, if not years. Yeah. I wouldn't even say there are lots. I'd say there are some because, like, because you said it's the nuclear option, and that's right. true, right? So, and the reason I'd use the term nuclear option is because what a general strike is or a general boycott, both of them, right? They are the socioeconomic equivalent of a riot. It is the very last option. So we talked about this on the Your Black Friend is Tired episode. Every time something happens like where, you know, where South Central LA gets burned down or Watts gets burned down, it's like, oh, these people are, you know, are destroying their own neighborhoods. Yeah, because the strikes hurt the people striking as much if not more than the people that they're trying to affect change from, right? Where Katya yeah. said the union works to make sure that there's money for childcare. Like this is literally people walking out on their jobs, poor people walking out on their jobs on their paychecks 
to try and affect change because they have tried the union meetings. They've tried negotiations. They've tried like this goes for a long time. And then what people see is this thing at the end where everybody got to stand there with signs. And this matters, right? This matters when you talk about the Rosa Parks bus boycott, right? That was playing for years. Like Rosa Parks didn't just happen to not stand up. There were dry runs like this is like what went into making the Montgomery bus boycott work. There's a lot of work that like people really thought out. Like the reason Martin Luther King is famous is because he was part of the organization effort. The reason John Lewis is famous is because they were part of the, you know, SNCC is an organizing body that allows the civil rights movement to happen. Right. It's not just saying something and then doing it. Now, the reason it was effective was because a lot of people who weren't involved in that organization organizing effort got on board. The general strike that I think people point to that worked really well, the historical one, is the 1975 Iceland woman strike. So on October 24th, 1975, for one day, the women of Iceland stopped working, all working. They didn't go to their jobs. They didn't take care of their kids. They said, fuck it, we're done. And they stopped. And they ground the nation of Iceland to a halt for one day as a show of power. And that is widely seen as the start of women's equality in Iceland. And people look at it as a successful Mm. general strike. However, it wasn't really just that one day in October. It looks like it, but like people knew it was coming. They said, we're going to strike on this one day. And that was the day that there were speeches and that people rallied and had things. But like there was a lot of work that went into having that done. And even after that, what that caused was a little bit more equality for women over the next couple of years. And the women of Iceland will tell you, you know, now, 46 years later, 47 years later, they're still not really equal. They just did. But they're better. one of the most equal countries in the world. Right. Yeah, but they did it's, better. I think the important thing is yeah. it's not just because of that one action. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Sure. 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 Right. And it's, it's a lot of work. And by the way, yeah. when I say women stop working, I mean the buy in for the general strike of Iceland was 95%. Women stopped working. Good, we couldn't do that in this country. No, you can't do it in this country because you don't have 95% buy-in. You don't have, like, like, people like to say, well, men are controlling women. And yes, I get that the conservative movement is run largely by rich white men, the 1%. And yes, they are the problem. Also white women. to pretend that there aren't women. Women who, like, you know, benefit (laughs) from the status quo also. The the pro-life movement movement was run by women, evangelical women. I mean, Amy Coney Barrett is on the Supreme Court. She is not on your side here. And you're not going to get 95% buy-in. How would that work? I mean, I can see like having a strike like in, you know, the Rosa, well, the Rosa Parks boycott. I can see how that would have a direct effect on, you know, put, putting pressure, lose the city's losing money. And yeah, like, see, the, so how the, would that work in so the, the case bus, of abortion? The bus boycott for the Montgomery bus so, boycott was a year and a half. It wasn't one day. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was a shit ton of right, money right. Um, for abortion. Like, like when you're what you're actually talking about, if you actually are talking about that, the, the trying to apply a general strike, it's just the idea. Like there are things that you can do. There's a lot of organizing with the have to happen the idea that you'll just stop working for one day yeah how would that affect it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't because oh, like, yeah like, because Iceland, the thing like is you- work would just be done the next day it would be fine like it would it doesn't work the way people think it does because it's not a magic wand 
if it were, we would have done it already. We would have done it for, you know, for voting rights. We would have done it for equality. There'd be equal pay. It, you can't just wave a wand and do that. It's a lot of work to get to that point. And again, as we said, Iceland's still not perfect. Like, like it's not. But they, yeah, they, at least they have a female leader, right? Currently, or sure. they had one, at least yeah, one. Yeah, they did within, again, within, I'm a, an American. Within, within, few, <laughs> within a few years. But I'm saying it's not, people want to skip to the last step and you can't just skip to the last step. Like so, that's yeah, like, you, there's, well, first off, you can be scared. Being scared is. And I have an idea right, too. But, like as a Catholic, I grew up like just being shamed all the time for like being like slut shame, sex shame, everything. Like if, it, if you get pregnant, it's all your fault. You're a slut, blah, blah, blah. And I think like a lot of women in my generation feel that way. And I think that has like suppressed us getting out and showing like our outrage for what's happening right now. So I think that's a cause of why we're not getting out like women in other countries. Like there was a country in Central South America that recently allowed abortions for like basically no, you don't have to give any reason. It it was because women got out in mass and protested, Mm -hmm. demanded their rights. And we don't have that to that extent in this country that I've seen. You don't have that culture, though. Again, understand that not everyone is on your side. That's the first step. So here's the negative part. And this is going to roll into next topic. So I was going to do this more later. The thing to understand is that cultural change is slow. It's glacially slow sometimes. The reason the conservative pro-life movement got this moment was that they were willing to spend 50 years of what they considered people being murdered. And again, I don't think fetuses are people, but they do, right? They understood it's going to take us 50 years to get what we want, but we've got to keep at it. We can't just complain for one week and then expect it to be better. So they work. Yeah, it's just so frustrating that the majority of Americans are pro-choice, yes. yet <laughs> this so, happened. So, right. so, so the answer is you work is and what? people are going to die and it's going to suck. It's going to suck and people are going to die. And I oh, yeah. understand that. Oh, I, that's because that what happened before. But like, right. I think all, like the other part of this is the reason, like what Matt was talking about, the reason they were successful is like, I will say this, the right is a lot better coordinated in a lot of yes. areas than the left oh, yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and I think the other thing that also to recognize though, because we've been talking about you know, like general strikes and stuff like that. One of the things that I've found really frustrating and Maddie, you, you alluded to it, is not every like I think I've seen two camps calling for general strike. One have been people, particularly young people, like younger than myself, like Gen Z, all that stuff, mm-hmm. who basically have nothing left to lose. Right. Absolutely. They're like, I will strike and you know, whatever I lose, my house, my food, whatever, like mm-hmm. that's fine. Because they're like, well, I have nothing left to lose. They have nothing, yeah. It's right. They're literally. like, I, well, yeah, right. And it's also like they are staring down the barrel of climate change mm-hmm. in a way that even millennials yeah, are. Yeah, right. they're gonna they're gonna be here for it. Whereas, oh, I um, feel so right. bad for young people. <laughs> well, and but I think the other and but the other camp I see, and this is like I've got no problem with that, but the other camp that I've seen calling for general strike tend to be people who are overwhelmingly white yes. and overwhelmingly wealthy. Have well, not rich, necessarily even thing. wealthy, necessarily but they wealthy. have access to resources. <laughs> yes. In a way. And that's the thing of like when we're talking about like a general strike is there's a like what I was saying earlier, the main difference I see like is that the difference between a general strike versus a more general labor strike with a union is like the things protecting you and the infrastructure protecting you in a general strike, unless you are a very tight organizer. And even then there's a lot, it's a lot less. So like Mm -hmm. when you're talking about a general strike, the people who are going to bear the brunt of that are going to be people like low income and poverty. And it's also most likely to be people in racial minorities who are going to get hit the hardest, especially by the legal system. Yeah. And And these jobs and all of that stuff. I still don't get what that can accomplish. Well, so if you really 
ground the it's theory is if you were, down. yeah like if they, you really yeah, shut the economy like, down yeah and then right. the government will feel like they have to do something to or maybe congress will feel more motivated well, they to have a write a law it, it, they it, wouldn't have a choice because you're basically right. trying to run the country into a ground like yes. that's the goal is, like you are trying to cause an economic the, yeah. collapse mm. it is burning your that's own city right yeah and it's basically the idea of like if we're going down we're taking you with us and so you better not let us go down right so just to point it out and here's the flaw in it right when I say that you need everybody, when I say the Iceland one was 95% of women. So you're saying you know, like you don't even know the details of, an, of a general strike, right? I want to point out that Striketober was a call for a general strike <laughs> in October of 2021. Mm-hmm. And like it happened and like mostly no one knows. I did not know about that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, and then there was another one. Wait, what there was, was it for? Workers rights in general. Oh, after okay. the, um, it, 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 I mean, and then there was another call for a general strike in May of 2020 that was run by the essential workers strike of 2020 was run by Target and Amazon workers. Oh, not, okay. not companies that you've heard of. And again, you probably mostly are unaware oh, of it. I feel so sad. I well, but that's and that's sort of that's, that's sort of my thing point. is it's like that's the challenge of a general strike especially in the right. country as large as the united states getting the mm-hmm. word out and getting it coordinated i mean even in mm-hmm. a country like comparatively much 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 smaller like iceland that is the work of a very long period of time yeah right? it's not like just in the united mean. states right and i think there are things that like you know i'm this is not an area of activism i'm super well versed in so all of this is a grain of salt but like there are things you can do to be strategic that don't require that same amount so for example shutting down port cities is a lot more strategically important mm-hmm. uh, than say like the middle of nowhere in the midwest so then prices will go up well yeah. and also just food stuffs coming we up yeah, right. yeah we are it's, a country that is dependent it's, on imports like right. like that's what you're trying to do you are basically you're it's not even just like prices are going up it's yeah, then the right will paint the left as like terrorists well they are uh, and that's the thing if you're going to do it so it's the same thing as burning your city down if you're going to do it understand that you are effectively at war a strike is a last yeah. option it means that things have not worked out and it's not a one day thing. And uh, Katya, like my frustration is what Katya said at the very end a little bit ago, which was most of the people calling for this are people of means who are not going to be hurt in the long right, run. Right, right. Because yeah. the general strike yeah. is right. going to kill people. people. people yeah, I mean, we already have a supply of baby food in this country. Yes. It's, yeah. like, when you're talking about things like that, that it is a massive well, option. One of the interesting things that I've seen a lot of conversation online, and it's, you know, this, again, this is not an area where I have expertise decent at all but one of the other things i've seen in conversations is basically people talking about they're like i already do this but not as a general strike they're just like i don't buy things that are not absolutely essential because of this shit's been going on and it's people who are saying a lot of the same things we're saying it's like that they feel like general strike is unrealistic it's not being coordinated we don't have the organizing infrastructure nationally to do one effectively so i'm just going to stop buying anything other than the food that i need and as much as i can afford to do i will buy locally and not in it like divest as much from major corporations divest from banks and use only credit unions all kinds of stuff and i think the idea there is like you can't it won't have the impact that the strike does but the i think the general theory is like we're already in a recession and it's basically like if everybody started doing versions of this how much of a recession could we cause i think the challenge with that is that one of the things that makes a general strike effective basically is demand this is why actually a lot of boycotts of corporations are like you just you know deciding to stop using amazon i mean i I say that somebody who avoids amazon whenever i can i will say like 
that I don't consider a boycott because it's like if the company doesn't know why you're not using that anymore, right. <laughs> they don't necessarily know that you're trying to change what they're doing. And the same thing is true of a general strike or this kind of like more slow down tactic. It's like without having actual demand. Mm-hmm. And a connection between what people are doing to cause a recession or a shutdown or whatever it is and articulate demands of like, it's this, then that. I don't know what the actual impact is. I won't say that there isn't one. I think that there is, but it's really hard for me to connect the dots between like. It's not measurable because it's not. Yeah. It's not defined. It sounds super difficult. Right. I've come up with a good plan. Yes. Well, which is why labor organization is hard work. Grassroots organization is hard work, which is what we're getting at. I want to do one. This is another meme that I've seen that's gone the other way. And again, this one's this one's nebulously related to the Roe v. Wade thing, but but it's moving away from it a little bit. So I've seen people, I'm going to say organizing. I'm going to call it that. <laughs> this is a meme that I've seen from several people posting the, well, because Roe v. Wade was turned over, now is the time to stop having sex with men. Like the Liza Strata thing. Yeah, it's too dangerous. It's not worth it. And therefore, yeah, we're that's, all that's gonna, what I was thinking about. Like they did that in Africa and the woman that organized no, it won the Nobel Peace Prize for it <laughs> when they were at war with each other. So that's a different situation. Yes. Yeah. The situation here. And this is where, like, I get what you're going for, right? Like, I totally get what you're going for. The problem is, understand that, again, this happened not because of men alone. Right. It happened because, largely, because of a religious right. Yeah. Um, There's not really much of it run by women. Yeah. Between men and women in support of abortion rights. But also, the people who you're hurting by, you know, doing your sexual strike, in this situation, this is not the war situation. This is abortion rights. You're not fucking those people anyway. This right. only works if you were really going to. This only works okay. if you Brett were really going to. wife listening. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's the problem. I do think it's important, though, to mm-hmm. distinguish between people doing this as a political action versus people doing it out of fear for their own safety. Yes. And that's because, the, like, that's there's I like I hear I you totally on the Liza yes. Strata as political act is no. But I also like, you know, I've absolutely had phone calls with people in the last couple of weeks where people are talking about the fact that they're just like, you know, they have partners. They're scared of sex. Right. Well, it's like you're in a place where like, you know, like I know people, including my own, where like lots of women in the family have had miscarriages. A miscarriage mm-hmm. is medically like difficult, if not as a, as a non-doctor, impossible to distinguish from an abortion. And so in places where like effectively mm-hmm. outlawing abortion has makes miscarriages cr- a felony. Yes. And has made the medical care one needs in order to clear a miscarriage is arguably illegal in places right now, which is right. really at, at best in a gray area right and so like if you are you know if you are somebody who thinks you might be at you know any risk like basically mm-hmm. there's no such thing as a zero risk present pregnancy that doesn't and make that's sense different. so i read a lot of conservative news a lot of conservative memes i check out chat rooms i don't recommend this for other people i'm i read parlor okay <laughs> like I'm, i i like again i don't recommend this for other people it's not good for your sanity i'm very good at compartmentalizing no one should be subjected to like in a pregnancy and i'm not talking about any of that i'm saying that when you're trying to make the statement of it the people that you think that you're hurting are kind of laughing at you right now and that's the frustrating thing you're actually empowering them in a weird way because they and it's weird i will say actually my favorite thing which i think is still in the somewhat funny but also somewhat serious camp Mm -hmm. my favorite thing is there was and i will see if i can find it again but no promises there was a tiktok of a guy probably i would say in his early to mid-20s and i think it was genuinely he was not like trying to go like say this as a political thing he was just genuinely like i'm observing a thing on the dating apps so this is a person 
who has a vasectomy mm-hmm. and apparently puts this on his dating profile. Yes. Like BT Dubs, hey. I'm not having kids because vasectomy. Would it really and he basically like, said, yeah, now, he basically, yes, that's important. That was the thing is he basically said like the amount of like swipes or hits or whatever it is on his profile has Went just up. skyrocketed yep. and he's just like, yep. I think having a vasectomy just became the floor to get laid. Yep. Is it? Is it and I'm wondering about that because I, I oh, don't. Oh yeah, come on. Okay. Well, so and it a, shows that he's like a considerate person as well. Well, it also shows, and this is a, this is a, it, it shows, I've seen people calling for this being the solution. Vasectomies are in general, a much more reversible right. procedure than yes. tube tied. Uh-huh. However, it is non-trivial surgery. People think of it as it is, and it ignores a large, long history of forced sterilization of African-American men and women. And sure. laissez-faire is kind oh, of okay. a problem. So, <laughs> actually, I've seen yeah. that discourse start even actually in the last couple of days where people are talking talking about that specifically yes. is that vasectomies have been a tool of actually in the United States as well like forced oh, eugenics massive racism yeah. Yeah. have well, like hysterectomies and getting your tubes tied so like, like there's nuance yeah, it, there that I think is getting either people aren't aware of or is getting right. missed but like I do kind of agree though with Steph though and it's like especially like knowing what we know about like how risky just even forms of contraceptive can be and then on top of this like lack of access to abortion care like mm-hmm. I know a lot of couples that were thinking about vasectomies before this and are now going full this I know women who are now considering hysterectomies as preventative care oh wow yeah like it's more extreme it's scary this is a right. scary revocations especially if you come yeah. i think especially it depends on your family medical history like if you have a family medical history of risk of pregnancy mm-hmm. like being a common thing like i can understand that the hysterectomy as preventative care effectively is if you can even get one because there's a whole bunch of medical sexism around even that and, you, and that's the other thing is like around the vasectomies is it's like there are lots of places where doctors will not tie your tubes will not give you hysterectomies and blah 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 and they'll act like if you have had kids they basically question the idea of like women's yeah, wow. desire to remain childless and like please tell me they don't have to like get permission from their husbands for that nowadays depends on where you are it's really uh, bad really? It depends, it, right it depends yeah. on where you are well because also like a doctor like does it especially if it's elective procedure i'm not sure the legality of this but like a doctor mm-hmm. doesn't have to give you particularly an elective procedure so there are lots of especially like anecdotal like stories of women being told that they have to get even unmarried women being told that they have to get the consent of their husband or father Father, mm-hmm. um, to even get their tubes tied. So I think that's, that's the other thing. The technique yeah. is like men it's are much more school. likely to be able to get an elective procedure like that mm-hmm. done in many areas. And I'm guessing so, like, they never had to get permission from their wives for that. No, that would be I silly. Mean, that would be astonishing. Like, I would be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I shouldn't say no. I don't want to. I don't want to universally say no. Not that I know it is not. Okay, it's like, certainly not an overwhelming problem. I've never heard of that case, but like. Yes. Yeah, me neither. You know, and the bounce probably has probably happened. But like, yeah, the amount of women right. talking online about like being denied, like getting tubes tied or like basically any form of contraceptive care. There's at least anecdotal reports that certain forms of like birth control are at the very least getting locked down in some states, if not disappearing from clinics entirely. I was just wondering if we were going to talk about actually Kingdom's question about whether Democrats are just purely using this moment for financial okay. gain or. Yeah, OK. Yeah. So we've never really done kind We've never really done our big show on neoliberalism and like the flaws with it. And I don't want to go too far down that line right now, but I do have in general, I do have a problem with the way the Democratic Party is treating this. I said eh, before the election a couple of years ago, I said on the show that what I really wanted was for people to vote for Joe Biden because I fucking hate Joe Biden. And don't you want to see me like spending the next couple of 
years pointing out what a bad job he's going to do. He's doing a bad job. I saw a meme today by a conservative person who was like posting a picture of ha 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 fuck Joe Biden and just taunting. It was like strippers holding a fuck Joe Biden sign. And, you know, and their whole, you know, let's go Brandon thing. It's like, okay, you don't understand. We don't like him either. Joe Biden has a 35% approval rating. Yeah, like Trump's I actually don't know anyone personally yeah. who is super a fan, especially at this moment of Joe Biden. Yeah, I actually do, but like, but most people aren't. And and when I say Joe Biden has a 35%... Like, nah, he could be worse. Well, Joe Biden's sitting on a 35% approval rating right now. I just want to point out that Trump has a 40 right now. Okay, <laughs> like He's not president, yeah, but he's right. actually more popular than Joe Biden at this moment. So Again, you're not really hurting my feelings when you're saying fuck Joe Biden. The left is saying fuck Joe Biden. Yeah, so so like, understand this. Before he was elected. Yes. That said, yeah, there is a lot of fundraising going on of a, you know, we've got to keep the Democrats in power so as to protect this. But the Democrats haven't protected this. And this is where it's the problem of understand what you're asking for. Kingdom pointed out the concerted effort to stop Bernie Sanders. That mm-hmm. was there. You can look at WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. That was there. I am weirdly like Bernie, but I but understand that's what he's doing and he's not playing the game. He's essentially not playing the game. So you're saying it is okay for the Democratic Party or for any for a political party to subvert its own rules. Yes, I'm saying yes, I am saying that because (laughs) my answer to this is fuck the Democratic Party. I think it's wrong, Uh but I think so when you say it's I'm saying, yeah, for a leftist, I'm weirdly okay with this. Not because I don't like Bernie Sanders, because I like Bernie a lot better than I like Joe, but because I understand what they did. The Democrats are a political party. America has decided that it wants to be a two party system, as though that's the only way to become president. And Bernie is not a Democrat. He joined in order to become president. He didn't become president. So he left and then he came back. Like he he literally only wants to use the Democrats in order to rise to the presidency. And it is absolutely within the DNC's rights to try and stop that. He's carpetbagging. It's wrong. And he's Um, not the most gregarious person. No, (laughs) and 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 I'm saying wrong, but I'm saying what they did was the only thing that makes sense because the Democratic Party's job is not to be a socialist liberalist party. The Democratic Party's job is to be a moderately liberal party, and they are fighting for their own way of life. Joe Biden more represents the ideals of the DNC. And Bernie just became a Democrat just for the election. Frankly, Hillary Clinton is the definitive Democrat. As far as the DNC's policy, she is perfect on paper. I don't like her, but I I get why they did what they did. That said, one of the reasons I'm not a Democrat, or actually, I mean, I'm registered as one right now because I wanted to vote in the part. I wanted to vote in a primary. I registered as a Democrat specifically to vote someone with more socialist politics. And no, that's um, I, that's local, why a lot of I think people are in locally. I wanted a very specific person. I wanted Summer Lee to be my congresswoman. So I registered as a Democrat so as to vote for a very specific person. That's yeah. the only reason I cared. Now, that said, they don't represent me. That's not the mission. So I get why they're fighting for what they're fighting for. Here's where it gets weird. I got into an argument this week with somebody who was like, well, this is Bernie's fault or specifically the Bernie bros fault, because if they'd done what they were supposed to do and voted for Hillary Clinton, then we wouldn't be having this Roe v. Wade problem. And I was like, no, because if the only thing that you cared about was Roe v. Wade, if that was really the only thing that you cared about, then 
Hillary Clinton should have stepped aside. And he said, what? And I said, because if the only thing that matters is saving a woman's right to choose, then Bernie made it clear what he was all about. And the Bernie bros, like the people who literally were Bernie or bust, they absolutely made it clear that they were not going to vote for her. And by the way, that's not me. I didn't do that. But I'm saying the people who voted for Bernie anyway, after he said he was out, you know, they didn't surprise you. This is not a trick. They said, this is what we're going to do. We are doing Bernie or bust. If the only thing that you cared about was stopping Trump, then Hillary Clinton could have stepped aside. The DNC could have stepped aside and they could have anointed Bernie King. And the person said, well, but why would they do that? They don't believe in his message. Yeah, exactly. And the Bernie bros don't believe in yours. Like, I hate when people say you're throwing away your vote by voting for a third party. You're not throwing away your vote. You're voting for what you believe in. And to assume that someone owes you your vote because they are going to vote against whatever their own self-interest is, even if their self-interest doesn't agree with me. Right. Like if your self-interest is you're only about like plain coal, whatever the fuck that means, it's a myth. (laughs) (laughs) But like if that's what you believe in, then you're going to vote for somebody who believes that if you're a libertarian, you're going to vote for if you're a Green Party person, because the only thing that you care about is climate change, then you should be voting for Green Party ideals. You should not vote for a party like the DNC, which has specifically fought against the Green New Deal just to save abortion. Right now, it turns out that we got stuck because, as Katya said, the Republican Party is a fuck ton more organized than the Democratic Party is. And they're better kind of catering to their needs. The DNC has been fundraising on keep us in power so that we can do this. The DNC has no prayer whatsoever of taking 60 votes in the Senate this fall. It's not going to happen. So whatever they can do in order to codify abortion rights, they cannot possibly be more prepared than they are right now. And they don't want to do it because they want to fundraise on it. That's a problem. That's the flaw. Which has also been an issue on the right too. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Roe v. Wade has been probably like one of the more prominent examples of this on both sides of the aisle. But like this happens all of the time because the United States especially has a lot of, you know, a lot of, if not actual single issue voters, pretty close. Mm -hmm. And like both parties know that. But the day, I mean, the day that Roe v. Wade was officially overturned, there were a plethora of people who were talking about the fundraising letters that they instantly, almost instantly from the name of a lot of them. I got within an hour, my inbox was ridiculous. And it was like, Um, honestly, insulting. Let me inject a Canadian thing for you. And this is politics. This is Mm -hmm. politics in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) This is a children's show from the 60s, 70s and 80s in Canada called The Friendly Giant. Now, Friendly has two friends with him. He has Jerome the giraffe and he has Rusty the rooster. Now, why Rusty hangs on a bag on his wall? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. As a kid, I loved and adored the friendly giant. You know, the cats would come over and they'd play a concert. And, you know, you have all the little furniture and tiny furniture that was supposed to be there for kids to come and sit with them in the castle. And I hadn't seen the friendly giant for years. The guy who did it, Bob home, he passed away. The show ended and I hadn't seen it for years. And then one morning when I was living in Pittsburgh, one of the cable stations was showing reruns of this at 6 AM and hungover. I looked at this show for the first time in years and it dawned on that rusty, the rooster and Jerome, the giraffe are the same fucking guy standing behind. <laughs> that wall <laughs> with a puppet on each fucking hand. So Jerome the giraffe would talk and then Rusty the rooster would talk and 
<laughs> and that's the two-party system in the state. It's the yeah. same fucking guy standing behind a wall. <laughs> so when people when for years, as people would say to me, I don't vote because what difference does it make? And I get incensed. You have to vote. You have to vote. Of course it makes a difference. And as I age, <laughs> it makes in certain arenas, it makes yeah. less and less of a difference. We talked about Doug Ford is the premier of Ontario. He has been now for five years. He's getting five more. Has it affected me? In some little ways it has, but I'm still sleeping indoors and eating off of plates. So, oh, that's so bleak, man. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I get where you're going. Yes. Yeah. So, the fact that Jerome the giraffe has taken away abortion rights and Rusty the rooster sent out a fuck ton of emails <laughs> to get your hard earned money. I mean, somebody's got to heat that castle, man. Oh, dude. <laughs> that's so bleak. Of course, it's bleak. Of course, it's bleak because look, I'm telling you, and I. I'm realize just how much I'm going to sound like my father right now. And God bless you. If you ever get the chance to hear him make this diatribe in person, this is the end of days, motherfucker. We've got a handful of decades left before this planet is a dystopian nightmare where mm-hmm. we are fighting for water. And I'm glad I don't have kids. I'm glad well, I don't have, have kids. They are fighting for, there's parts of America where they are fighting for water right now. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want to be in Flint? Would you want to be anywhere on the Colorado River? Flint, oh, Michigan. Eight. Yeah, Flint, Michigan and water was one of the was one of my little side that right. I skipped yeah. that one. But yes, <laughs> I just watched another another little documentary within the last couple of weeks about water rights in the southwestern states. And, <laughs> you know, you're, you're literally watching the water levels in these reservoirs and these lakes drop. And what is going to happen? What is going to happen when these sources of water are done? Well, if you have billions of dollars, if you have millions of dollars, you can probably find a way through that nightmare. But for all of us who are sitting here just wanting to have autonomy over our own physical forms, we're fucked. Yeah, absolutely well, fucked. So, and so, the, you said, I'll, I'll just get this out. This is my <laughs> other big fucking flag that I wave all the time. You said that the Republicans, the right wing, had the patience to plot and plan for 49 years to take down Roe v. Wade, and that is the snowball rolling downhill of gerrymandering. You gerrymander every fucking city block, every county, get it down to a you know a fine tooth comb, so that all of your political enemies are in one riding, one district, and you are in three or four districts, and then you use that power to change the courts to appoint judge after judge you can if you seize the engine if you take control of the engine you'll decide where the wheels are going and gerrymandering is the engine that has led to the reversal of of roe v wade and it's going to lead to the end of same-sex marriage and you know any kind of marriage equality 
uh, any kind of gay or trans rights. It'll end. Fuck. It'll end interracial marriage before, uh, you know, before they're done. Oh, yeah. So I was just I have like a bit of good news about Pennsylvania, at least, what? is that they have redrawn the lines and we are actually in good shape to possibly retake the Pennsylvania state Senate and legislature and a good shape to take the gov- governor. We'll see. <laughs> well, and, if people vote, Oh, by the way, yeah, I was looking up like I did not know this, but apparently like to counter that, like really depressing diatribe. Oh, there, yeah, I had to get a beer while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> I incite that in people. Thank God I work in a bar. Yeah, <laughs> you work at the exact right place, apparently. So, yeah, Joe Biden actually did. You probably know this, but I did not realize this, that he made sign an executive order sort to, of, yeah, well, to yeah, allow like med- the availability of medical portions. It's, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It, he was forced. Yes, he did. He was forced by the liberal parts of the party to do an executive order that does some stuff vaguely. It's not great. And even in, so, and even in signing it, I don't want to go too far to it because we go, we're going long. But even in signing it, he did his speech when signing it did go into a lot of. So you got to keep voting for us because, you know, it, it wasn't great. It's not great, but it does. He is it means, it's a bandaid on a bullet hole wound. So like, could we do something? Is there like, is or cinema and mansion like standing in the way of doing something before the election? Or before the election. Like, so, going so, on so realistically, you're saying realistically, you could pass a bill. You could pass a law, essentially, and make a bill, a law. I'm just a bill. I'm only a bill. You know, that kind of thing. You could, you could write a bill <laughs> that basically said abortion was legal, you'd have to nuclear option the filibuster, which neither Manchin or Cinema are for. And frankly, I don't think lots of Democrats are for it. They just kind of allow Manchin and Cinema to take the hit. Biden wasn't for it until this fucking week where he's like, oh, yeah, we sh- totally should do this because he knows he knows he can say that without it being real. But theoretically, oh, well, he can wave the flag. This is a thing that we, you know, we have to do for women's rights. Keep voting for us. Knowing that, never knowing that it's not going to get there. Right. It's not right. going to get there. He doesn't have the, but theoretically, if you're asking what could be done, the, there's lots of things that so could, could be done. So could he executive order increase the number of people on the Supreme Court or does that require Congress? That requires Congress. Congress. requires Congress. Yeah with him he would work with congress to do it they've got the power to do it they've got the numbers that they could do it any of these things that they could do would involve them here's the flaw the problem is anything they could do would would involve them having a spine to want to do it right but also it would mean changing the rules that are in play and their argument the cinema mentioned biden argument is if we say we're getting rid of the filibuster then the republicans are just going to if they ever take over power they're going to ignore it too but they're going to anyway well like can we think of the future like, yeah. can we think of the future and at least like demand a vote and have people see that like cinema and mansion are standing in the way of things we could and like at least like you're, you're anger asking, future generations or what okay. yes, that, that is a long, is long, long but they're not going to because because the democrats say, like, don't have the will that you that you do <laughs> yes. well, i guess the thing is that like democrats but also republicans like parties tend to not embarrass their own right they don't. That, yes, they don't want to look weak by having a vote that fails. So they're not going to bring it to the floor because they know it's going to fail. They like. So do you remember when Trump thought he was going to overturn Obamacare, and then John McCain made the big deal of coming oh, out yeah, and doing the right. thumbs down moment? Yes. That wasn't supposed to happen. That was a surprise. That was McCain being a massive dick and making and saying what you're doing is wrong. So I'm going to make the party look bad. Like you don't see a lot of votes go against what the majority think leader thinks is going to happen. So that went to the floor because 
McConnell thought he had the boats and McCain fucked him over. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, so they're is, not. Yeah. It's also like literally an actual position in Congress for this. Like that's what whips are for. Whips what, are specifically yeah. for yeah. Keeping party line. I just don't think we should like eliminate tools from the tool bag, like peer pressure. But we're going to. But that's the problem. So like, so what can we do as people is we as people, not as Congress, but as people can just keep the pressure on and understand that you're buckling down for a long ass fight and it sucks and people yeah, don't want to hear that but that's the answer like it's gonna I think be the thing is i think the important thing actually i think it's actually really important in this moment for people everyone is panicking mm-hmm. and there are organizers that have way more experience than i do that have been saying this all over the place it is really important to recognize that specific thing like this is mm-hmm. a long haul it's not going to get fixed next month it's not going to mm-hmm. get fixed next year or the year after that or the year after that like katya you're the youngest here and i don't know that it's going to be fixed in your reproductive era oh i fully don't expect this to be solved in my lifetime and that's a, that and that's scary and people don't, don't like it i i don't i like knowing what it took to get abortion rights and everything like that and roe v wade the first time i am you know would i love for it to happen within my lifetime absolutely i like i think people need to prepare for the idea that this is going to be a generational clawback yes. because there's and there's two reasons to that one is because because you can't let and there's going to be a lot of fucking losses and it's going to get worse before it gets better and you can't like be in constant despair mode because that will literally kill you but then the other thing is also like one of the things that i see people doing and i think you know to some degree i mean i myself and many of us are guilty of this is like a lot of people whether it was roe v wade or because of something else because jesus christ the last several years like have been in fight or flight mode and the problem with that is that if you think that this is going to get solved immediately you stay in fight or flight mode and the problem with that is you burn out and we see this we've seen this after everything we said this at the trump election and all the other stuff of like this is why it's really important to find people that you trust who are experienced organizers and not just people who've like done this for the last year but have been doing this for years and 20 years yes because they understand what it means to sustain this kind of effort like if you haven't been out at protests immediately the weekend after Roe v. Wade, don't feel bad about it. I'm not saying that that's unimportant, but like at this point, like emotional and physical recovery is yes. the most important thing because this is going to be like this is going to be decades at minimum. And it's but, what I mean, the same thing for Black Lives Matter, same thing for climate change, same thing for the fucking Equal Rights Amendment, you know, which is not happen, right? And it's just a it's a thing that takes a yeah, long time. Yeah, but like time. aren't women going to die? in yes. the meantime yes yep. absolutely yes. i mean and i'm saying that as bleakly as possible yes people are going to die people are Good already people dying. are going to die and it's going to be mm-hmm. and it's the exact same thing as the reason we did that show the black lives matter show last year was someone asked me well how do we fix this you know as though i were holding some secret of oh well why hasn't math told us how to fix racism yet and the answer is it's not like it's not fixed in a day there's going to be more george floyds and it and it sucks and that's the answer like steph's sister is a big climate change activist and she who frequently asked me you know how do we get people to vote for this before there's you know a massive tidal wave that takes out the eastern seaboard and i go well allowing the eastern seaboard to be taken out that would be a good be a good motivation and that sounds awful but that's what it takes now we've got five co-hosts of the on this and like 
three of them were just like, yeah, I really don't want to do the show today. And we understand that there's going to be points where you are personally going to need to tap out of these fights. Like there's no shame in that. Nobody can do all of this on their own. It's going to be a long sustained fight because that's how activism works. And, and it's and that's how and, every legislative and movement victory has ever happened. Right. And it's slow. Before we resolve nothing, I had some fun stories that I just wanted to like <laughs> breeze through yeah. because we did some negative ones. And, and they're not necessarily all necessarily good, but they're at least things that we can laugh at. So we can kind of, you know, not not hate. And so I'm going to give Stephanie and Kingdom to just sort of rant for a little bit. OK, so there's heels in Wimbledon now. <laughs> there, there are. So this is all, this was one of your secret things on your list. It was one of the things. Awesome. My, it okay. was one of the things on my, my I, so I have a section of um, my notes for today. My, my host notes so today. Smaller shit that is fun. <laughs> the first thing on my list is Wimbledon heels. So first off, for non-wrestling folk, actually, I'm going to do this the fun way because Kingdom knows this answer. I know this answer. Steph might know the answer. So Katya, what do you think a heel is? <laughs> Isn't that like the like shitty dude in wrestling that everyone like makes fun of or like rallies against? And then there's like the good guy. I mean, as a career He's heel, a I don't know. Wrestling. As, a, That's as, as, like, as a career heel, I don't like being called the shitty one. <laughs> wrestling or some shit i am the the hero of my story (laughs) even when i'm wishing harm to children in the audience but yes the heels are the bad guys in wrestling the faces are the good guy so steph as a non-wrestling know that when i imagine this i just imagine a person whose face is a foot Wow. Because it's healed up to be so yeah, so I was I'm a big tennis fan and I was watching Wimbledon and I got to the semifinals where this Australian dude named Kyrios was against I think a Greek guy named uh Pops. <laughs> Kyrios. So Kyrios loses the first set and like tennis is very civilized as everybody knows and you're not allowed to swear audibly in tennis it's against the rules but he swore audibly that's bullshit and (laughs) and (laughs) so the lines person behind him walked over to the chair umpire and pulled on him (laughs) and then the umpire gave him like some kind of warning i don't think he took points away or anything like that but anyway, like that set off Kyrios, who's not known for being a very calm individual. And he called the linesman a snitch. And then like this Ooh. just like set him off. And he started like just talking to himself. And like while the other CC Poss was trying to serve. And I think my theory is he intimidated the chair umpire to the point where the chair umpire was afraid to say anything to him. So he just like let him go. But apparently it's affected the play of CC Poss, who then became frustrated at his own play and lost the second set. And like whack the ball into the stadium, but it didn't hit anyone. And see, this is kind of like a weird rule. Like if you hit the ball in- intentionally, not part of the game, but if you hit it into the stadium intentionally, if you hit someone, then you get ejected from the game. But if you don't hit anybody, then that's fine. <laughs> the rule doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but anyways, everyone was okay. But then Kyrio started complaining about why aren't you kicking him out of the game? Why aren't you ejecting him from the game for doing that? And then this started like another controversy. And then he demanded to speak to the manager, <laughs> the guy, like the head of the, Aaron. like the head of the umpires, basically. I guess I, I think the guy might have actually been at them at that match, just like anticipating that something like this would happen. Cause he was like, at least after he was hanging around. But anyway, he came, the guy came out like pretty quickly. And then Curious was like yelling at him. 
And then he used the word disgrace to either describe the guy he was talking to or the chair umpire. I'm not sure which it was. And then like they told him, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And he was just like mad throughout the entire game. And then like CC Poss, like I feel a little bit like bad for like feeling this way. But CC Poss would then started trying to actually like when Kyrgios hit an overhead or like a high shot, CC Poss would try to nail him with <laughs> with the lob. He was trying to beat him. Yeah. He was trying to beat and he did like he did beat him once and I kind of cheered. I like kind of I hate to admit, but I did. So but anyway, Kyrgios ended up winning the match. And so now he's going to be playing this other guy people call Novaks because he refused to get the coronavirus vaccination. And they eventually Novak let him Djokovic. in. Novak Djokovic is a huge dirtbag as far as I'm concerned. I mean, th- here's a guy who downplayed the pandemic, tried to run tournaments during the pandemic, held clinics with kids while he himself he had COVID. Yep. Yep. Had COVID. Yep. I mean, just it, this is jackass versus jackass. Yep. The thing is, so traditionally, if I understand the things correctly, I heal and wrestling as a character. It sounds like these guys are just assholes. Oh, no. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because, as we would say, and Mav's going to have a laugh, they're shoot heels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're what? They're shoot heels. Well, shoot heels? That means they're heel for real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, yeah. Look at you with the lingo. Yes. I, yeah. yeah. I understand. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> I'm going to use yeah, this no, now it, in it like is... normal conversation. Like, <laughs> you're such a shoot heel. There's like, what? <laughs> Why are you shooting people's heels? God, this is this is scorched earth. This is Uh, yeah, guys that like I couldn't get interested in watching their money. You know, a friend of ours posted that she is watching this in hopes that somehow during the match they both break their ankles. Yep, yep, that's what I said. I'm rooting for mutual destruction. Yes, anyway, ankle breaks would be good. Lose. Yeah, and I don't want anyone in the state to get hurt so we have this limited <laughs> possibilities <laughs> Okay, so another story that I just want to enjoy. I, I don't know that anybody's going to have anything to say with this, but I'm really enjoying the January 6th committee hearings. They've been really oh, fun. God. What's been mostly really fun about the January 6th committee hearings is that as we record a week or so ago, Jeffrey Clark, who was the assistant AG under Trump, his home was raided by the feds. And I posted pictures. Trump wanted him to you know, help him do a coup over the federal government. So the feds raided his house a couple of days ago and they did so while he came to the door in his underwear and they're like we've got a warrant sir we need to search your home and he's like well can I call my lawyer and they're like once we're inside the home you can call whoever you want but you know you got to come out first and he's like well can I put on some pants and they said no "No." so Jeffrey Clark got to stand outside in his driveway and on his front lawn while his neighbors watch while the feds raided his house and he got to stand there in his drawers that was just fun I enjoyed it I watched Good. that clip so many times. It was just well, <laughs> I know what I'm doing the way you do on YouTube after this. I somehow I like, you know, did the whole entrepreneurs like news, like consume only as much news to understand what's going on at a high level. I missed that. Oh, I might link that in the show notes. <laughs> oh, please do. Can we actually make that? Can we make the, that image? Part of the thumbnail? The part of the, well, if not the entire thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> Representative of 2022. Yeah, so... So the next one I had was so Elon Musk decided he doesn't want to buy Twitter anymore. But but Twitter said, no, fuck you. You're buying Twitter. His entire existence. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. I, yeah, I just my, my thing here was like, stop having kids, Elon. <laughs> Nine kids. 
That's insane. Doesn't he really? really? Kids now. Yeah, well, one of, one of them just disowned him. One of them just disowned I mean, him and had their, oh, birth, their okay. birth certificate changed. Okay. He's got a nine binary. I mean, wouldn't so you? I no longer want to be. I no longer want to be associated with my father in any way, shape, or form. Please change yeah. my Women birth. out there, stop sur- like being surrogates <laughs> to his children. Please. Yeah, but, but Musk tried to buy Twitter. No one wanted him to buy Twitter. Twitter tr- was going to poison pill themselves and lower their stock price to stop Musk from buying Twitter. They eventually relented and the board was like, you know what? Fuck it. If you want this trash fire that is Twitter, fine. And Musk signed a bunch of contracts. Musk never really wanted to buy Twitter. He only wanted it because he started getting interested in it because people were making fun of him. And then he decided he was going to buy it because they told him no. And then he, like he you know, realized this is a really bad investment because the Twitter stock price just has been going down just because people were, you know, don't want to be associated with him. And, um, like, it's largely going down because of Elon Musk. Right. But he's on the hook for it. And he's and he kept trying to get out because he was like, well, I just found out that there are bots on Twitter. You know, probably a lot of these accounts are bots. And everybody's like, yeah, no shit. And he's like, well, I didn't know that. And then like, you're an idiot. So it's like, I don't want to buy Twitter anymore. <laughs> and the board's like, no, fuck you, dude. You're buying Twitter. So now it's going to be a lawsuit. And they're going to force Elon Musk to buy Twitter. And I just fucking I just want to see them because the thing is, everyone's going to leave. No one wants to be associated with Musk or they won't. And, you know, I have a friend well, who was like, over to truth. I'm heading over to Truth Social. Yeah, well, Truth Social's a thing. <laughs> and see, everyone, I have, everyone can just come on the Vox, Vox podcast and we'll start, a, you know, a really massive no. discord and everyone can just hang out and yeah. we'll oh, all the shitty got, people. Yeah, I've got a friend who is like, he doesn't want Musk to buy Twitter because he's like, Trump's going to come back. And I'm like, Trump's coming back anyway. It, it, it's going to Oh, particularly if Trump becomes president again, which is a very real risk. But also Trump's on Truth Social right now and everything important that Trump says gets carbon copy from Truth Social to Twitter. So it's not like he's not functionally off of Twitter anymore. No, like if you're not if you're not seeing him, it's because you're not paying attention to him. But I saw comments on this whole thing from George Farmer, who is a fun person. If you don't know who George Farmer is, a elite rich boy whose father is in the House of Lords in Britain. And he is married to Candace Owens. Oh, yeah. That's who oh, this person is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stunning endorsement. Right. So so George Farmer <laughs> posts to Parlor this morning. Yeah, I, I got Parlor. Really? Oh, yeah. You mentioned that before, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so George Farmer po- uh, d- responding to the to this whole controversy, he says, as expected, Elon Musk has found out only what we all knew. There's something iffy about Twitter. On Friday, Musk's lawyers <laughs> filed his notice of intent to pull out of his $44 billion takeover. The big tech company, which wanted nothing to do with Musk and tried to fight off all his advances, now appears desperate to close the deal. And then he's got the hmm emoji. If the courts give the okay, Musk might be able to walk away only out $1 billion. Does he own that much Dogecoin? While Twitter still has a slew of questions to answer from investors, users, and particularly advertisers. Imagine someone was willing to pay $44 billion for free speech when everyone can have it for free at Parler. Uh-huh. That is okay. <laughs> yeah. The mental fucking backflips here. He's like, oh, he's only going to be out a billion dollars. It's a good thing. Dude, come on. Like, I'm sure that's not Jared Kushner. I'll share a high sign. And he's not as good at being a troll as his wife is. Because Candace Owens oh, yeah, is much yeah, more eloquent than this. And she's an idiot. Like, she's a, she is a moron. <laughs> but I just find, I, I find it amusing the, you know, the amount of backflips 
flips that like Musk fanboys are doing, mm. trying to like paint this as good news as of this morning. <laughs> so, just, yeah. so, so that was one of my good news stories as well. It's just like, I, I just want to watch. Hope he loses a lot of money. Yeah, uh, he's going to. I just want to watch it. And again, if Twitter has to crash and burn in order to have this happen, mm. fine. You know, I, you I mean, know, at this I can point, use the rest it. of the world is on fire. I assume Twitter, I mean, Twitter has been on fire in one I'm sense go, or another for a while. I'm looking forward it's to just, going back to Friendster. Yeah, That's what I'm looking for. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> what do you want? want live journal? What are we going? Uh, well, live journal. Okay. I'll okay. accept live journal. Revive Tumblr. ICQ, yo. <laughs> uh, listen, Tumblr still exists and there's still plenty of porn on it. Yeah. Much, on Tumblr. Their, much to the, well, I guess I was going to say dismay, but momentary dismay. And then they figured out, well, we forgot what we are a platform of. And it's like, yeah, Tumblr. Well, uh, it's <laughs> like, yeah, like OnlyFans threatening to get rid of porn last year. I was like, okay. Yeah. It's like McDonald's saying, we're not going to be buying any more meat. Meat. <laughs> so this was, this was my last big story that, that I was like, well, what will people even say about this? This is not political. This is just my fun thing to end on. Have you seen this thing about Alexa sounding like your dead grandmother? What? <laughs> yeah, that was my response. Okay, so 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 Amazon came up with this idea that you know rather than use the default voice that you know I mean, I'm trying to not make ours. We have one in this room. Okay, this is like the most depressing story. Oh yeah, so far. Well, no, see, they think it's a good thing. They're like, well, wouldn't it be great if you could make your Alexa if you could add your own voice and you can nope. add a love and you can nope. yeah you, you can add a loved yep. one. And their argument is like, hey, we can you can feed it a recording that you made in life. And now we can have this device read a story to you or whatever. And wouldn't it be great? And I'm like, this yep. sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because yep. this was there the gut reaction. That these like traumatizing. Okay, yeah. this was my response. So my response was, okay, first off, clearly this is what I call back when I used to be a, a software designer. We used to call this a steaming pile of technology in search of a problem. Someone <laughs> yeah. came up with an algorithm that could replicate a voice based on like audio, they a deep fake voices, and they're like, how can we make this useful? And they're like, what if your deceased loved ones can be stuck in your computer? And I'm like, no, there, that was a, that happened on the Defenders of the Earth, the cartoon. And I found it traumatizing as a child. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> these are those moments that like, I feel like these are those things that is the entire reason why the field of UX exists. Because uh-huh. it's like, these are the moments of like why people sometimes think that software developers might not be human. Mm-hmm. Well, this is one of the moments. I think they're lying. Because I think that this was come up with, I don't think this the software people. I I think that what this really was marketing people, right? Because what I think happened is someone came up with this technology, right? And they're like, what are you going to use this for? And they had to come up with like marketing people had to come up with it. It was like, we'll do this dead grandma thing. And I'm like, no, because if I like the only like purpose that I can see for this is like what you want is clearly this is for porn. Right. Like there's no other purpose for this. Right. Like if I've made the deep fake voice, I, I want my device to, to to speak like Rihanna and say, yes, Mav, I love you. Fuck me harder. They're looking for <laughs> like nobody's like, Christ. Oh, come on. You like it's it's obviously for the future of VR, right? Like, like this is what this kind of, in a historical this, moment where we're dehumanizing women continue yes. the dehumanizing of women. And that's my You're point. Gonna lose your no, feminist card. I'm not saying I no, I'm not okay. saying it's a good idea. I'm saying that's obviously why the tech exists. I'm saying that like the, the reason this would exist is all technology like this is going to be used for porn. It's the only reason anybody would want this, right? Is to be able to deface. Surely there is has to, to be like a good. No, like, there's no good reason to be able to like replicate the voice of someone that you or don't maybe know. Like a, 
that an actor? Listen, or, yeah. I, I'll give Don't you one. Put all the voice actors out of work. I'll Go give ahead. you a good reason. James Earl Jones is 91 years old. Mm. Yeah, I That's could do a that. good reason. Yeah. I, yeah, and he's got that deal for Star Wars. So James Earl Jones is the currently the voice of Darth Vader for Star Wars in the most recent Ben Kenobi thing. And he didn't record all those lines. They just he went in and he let them digitize his voice and they paid him a shit ton of mo- money to digitize his voice so that they can use it for Star Wars. Oh. And I'm okay with that because they paid him a shit ton of money. They've also paid Mark Hamill okay. a shit ton of money so they can continue to make Luke noise. I'm okay with that. Disney digitized Stan Lee's head when he was alive and they paid a shit ton of money so that they can put Stan Lee and stuff later if they decide to. I am okay with all that. I am not okay with digitizing my grandma because my grandma just died. Yes. And even though I made well, the joke, the I'm not like- okay with digitizing Rihanna. Because I mean, now if Rihanna wants to be able to pay money to allow her likeness to be used by whatever porn company, that's on Rihanna, right? But like the idea that you can just do this against someone's will yeah, is creepy. That's yeah. creepy as fuck, and I do not like it. And that's my that was my my weird. Especially well, like, um, the deceased relatives thing. That, why I mean, would you spell it on that? Psychologist, but that sounds like a really good way to traumatize people who I are am a psychologist, and it is. I like the idea that you, you know somebody out there somewhere is going to be saying hey listen you know we got the word grandma doesn't have long are you coming with us to the hospital and the response is well yeah absolutely because i need her to read this cue card <laughs> into my iphone so that later she can read me good night grandma alexa to turn on my two-pack hologram to sit on a couch with me and watch voice yeah watch that digitized watch that digitized peter cushing in row one i don't Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, Sold absolutely nothing except I'm gonna add one last goofy dumb thing. We will add in the show notes. But folks who are familiar with the dumpster fire meme, and if you are not familiar with the dumpster fire meme by now, what planet have you been on? And can I go visit there? Because oh, it's really much you better the, world. But you, you can get a, you can get a dumpster fire plushie, <laughs> and it's very adorable, and you can hide things in it. <laughs> One of my coworkers in my office has one and it's sitting on her desk and she just occasionally when something goes horrible in the news, she's like hugs it gently and I was like, This is the thing that we all need. This is we need it. And you can hide snacks in it. So that's a thing that you can purchase. <laughs> For the rest I, of whatever the fuck we're about to go through. Kingdom, Stephanie, thanks for joining. Right, thanks for having me. Stephanie, thanks for anything, having you really depressed. Yeah, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to plug? Wimbledon. Watch the Wimbledon finals. Are they over? No, he, well, tomorrow is the men's no, finals. No, this is, it's mon- oh, shoot. It's Monday, it's Monday right oh, now. Oh, yeah. We're, it's we're, a, we're, okay. Wimbledon finals were great. Yeah, all right. Never mind. <laughs> Watch the reruns. I don't know. Yeah. But there's another tournament coming up. Kingdom, what about you? My podcast, the Handsome Genius Club radio show, is is available at handsomegeniusclub.com and on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, not Spotify because fuck Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> literally <laughs> took it off Spotify. And you can find the show on social media 
at HGC Radio Show. It's on Instagram. It's on Twitter. And eventually I'll have enough followers on the new YouTube channel so that I can select that custom <laughs> domain. Name. But in the meantime, you can search for Handsome Genius Club on YouTube and you'll find all the video versions of new episodes. Very cool. And Katya. As always, I don't believe in the internet and may or may not be a deep fake voice. You don't know. But <laughs> if I'm going to plug anything, if you are a person who feels that donating and you know, helps and you have the opportunity to do so. Slash, it makes your heart feel a little bit less like you want to, you know, go commit arson. The National Network of Abortion Funds at abortionfunds.org will, A, is it sending donations, and B, will split them between abortion clinics across the United States. So, well, you will hit a lot of people at once, especially if you do a reoccurring donation. I always like to plug this. Reoccurring donations, even if it's for a smaller amount than you would give in a year as a lump sum, are more sustaining and more helpful to many organizations. So, I highly encourage you to check that out. And that is linked in the show notes as it has been for the last couple. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Chris Maffrey. You can follow the show, all those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we post about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. I think it's Ms. Marvel. I think we're talking about Ms. Marvel next week. And you can leave us comments on this or any other show or suggest topics or say anything else and sometimes we pick guests from the blogs if you enjoy the show and we certainly hope you do then please subscribe to us on itunes or stitcher or spotify yeah fuck joe brogan but we're on spotify anyway or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and do us a favor leave us a five-star review that really helps us out especially if you leave us a five-star review not just the ratings on itunes apple Podcasts. that boosts the algorithm makes us more popular and makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside and i need it you know the world is rough I would like to thank Maximilian of Vault Floor Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.